Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. But hello everyone, my name's Sarah. Like Jay said, I'm the kids pastor here. And it's my privilege to be speaking on part two of our series at the moment called Freedom From or Free From. And last week, Josh spoke about freedom from fear and it was a really great sermon. I encourage you to go listen to that or watch that. If you haven't already, you can check it out on our app or on our website or on YouTube. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, If you don't have our app, by the way, let me do an app plug please get it. Please download it. It's got some really cool things on there. It's got a Bible reading plan that we do every week uh, that you can read some Bible verses that are relevant to the message. So if you haven't got that, go to the help desk afterwards. There's a QR code there. They'll be able to help you get that on your phone. So today I'm talking about freedom from expectations. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about two different types of expectations. The first type is the expectations that others have of you and the expectations that you have of others. And we're going to talk about how God fits in to all of that. And before we begin, I just want to preface something. I'm not talking, when I say expectations, I'm not talking about the very fair expectations that an an employer has of their employee, or a teacher has of their student, or a parent has of their kids, stuff like that. They're very fair expectations that we should do. You know, if you are an employee, you should your boss should expect you to do your work and your teacher should expect you to submit your assignments on time, things like that. So I'm not talking about those expectations today. I'm more talking about the expectations that we have on our character. And if you are in a situation where you're like, yeah, but I'm in a toxic work environment, my boss is expecting too much of me. Look, I'm I'm really sorry that that's happening to you. I'm not talking about those kind of expectations today. If you feel like you are being unfairly expected of at work or at school or somewhere like that, please go speak to someone about that. So I'm not talking about that today. I just want to preface that before we begin. Let's pray. Good thing to pray to start. Lord, thank you so much that you are here with us. Thank you so much that you free us from expectations and you free us from from, from everything that holds us back, Lord God. And I pray that today we walk away knowing and understanding that in a new way like we never have before. And Lord, I pray for those of us here who maybe perhaps are living in an environment where they feel like there are unfair expectations on them. Lord, I just pray that you give them the wisdom to know what to do. You give them the wisdom to know who to speak to and how to handle that situation. And Lord God, I just pray your hand of, of providing and your your just your awesomeness over that situation Lord God thank you that you are there with us all no matter where we are and you love us no matter what in Jesus name amen so I have a question for all of you here today and and to myself as well this question is have you ever felt like you couldn't live up to other people's expectations Let's have a show of hands. If you've ever felt like you haven't been able to live up, okay, I'm seeing a lot of hands and I think probably some more people that shouldn't, should put their hands up that haven't. Because I have definitely felt as though I haven't been able to live up to the expectations that others have had on me. Whether or not they actually expected those things of me or not, I definitely felt as though I wasn't living up to those expectations. I think anyone who grows up in a church and has a dad or or a mum who is a pastor or their parents are in leadership, I think us PKs, us pastor kids, we kind of tend to have this this expectation of, of that the church is expecting us to act in a certain way. Whether or not that's true, I know I've definitely felt, and I've talked to other kids and other young people who have felt this as well. And so if you are thinking that that's you, hey, 
I've been there and I'm able to stand here as an adult and be like, I got some tips about how to, to free yourself from these expectations that others have on you. Because what really helped me to free myself from feeling like all these people expected so much of me and that I wasn't living up to their expectations is that I chose to prioritise God's opinion of me over others' opinion of me. Because after all, I am a Christian. I've decided to believe that God is my Lord and Saviour. And so I'm a Christian. I follow Christ. I'm not an others-in. I don't follow others. I'm a Christian. That's, my, that's how I identify myself. I want to follow Christ. I don't want to follow others' expectation of me. I'm not an other-in. It doesn't really work, I know, but I tried and it failed. So let's move on. I know you're not expecting me to have funny jokes. So I've set myself up to just be good, hopefully. <laughs> let's, let's go to the word. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God, think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. So if you consider yourself as belonging to God, if you consider yourself a Christian, this advice is that we need to think carefully about Jesus. Other translations say instead of think carefully, it says carefully consider or to fix your thoughts or to focus, to focus on Jesus. If we declare him to be God's messenger and high priest and our Lord and saviour, we need to focus on God because we're a Christian, not an other Ian? Okay. I'll leave. I won't say it again, I promise. Prioritizing God and prioritizing God's opinion of us, it looks like focusing on God. And let me tell you from experience, it is so freeing to just focus on God. Later in Hebrews, in chapter 12, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. In a few weeks' time, we're going to be talking about freedom from sin, so I'm not going to go into that today. But I like how it starts that with, since we are surrounded by people, let us strip off weights that slow us down. Because other people can feel like a burden on us and other people's expectations can, can hold us back from running this weight and running this race. And we need to strip off the weight of other people's expectations. And how do we do this? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us in verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by focusing on God. It then goes on to say, think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up. Jesus knows what it's like to have expectations on him. Even though there were hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament about who Jesus is and what he was going to be like, people still misinterpreted them and got it wrong. They expected things of Jesus and then Jesus came and he didn't live up to their expectation, but it didn't hurt Jesus in any way because he prioritised God's opinion of him. He knew the bigger picture. Because the reality is people get it wrong. God never does. People get us wrong. Their expectations are then uh, placed in a wrong place. And if we're trying to live up to them, we're just going to fail. An example of people getting it wrong, this is one of my favorite verses, you've probably heard it, is in 1 in Samuel. 
uh, Samuel is a prophet and God has sent him to go and look for the, sec the next king of Israel. And he says that there's this guy called Jesse and one of his sons is going to be king. So he goes to Jesse, he's like, show me your, son. so show me your sons. Jesse brings out his oldest son first and he's tall and he's handsome. He looks like he'd be a great king. And God said, no, it's not him. And this is what God said. The Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Not rejected him as a person, but rejected him for being king. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You're never going to live up to other people's expectations of you because they only see the surface level stuff. Even if they're super discerning, they're only that way because God has seen, given them something else to see. They don't see the big picture, only God does. I think we all know that look when you realise you haven't met someone's expectation. You know the look where they kind of like look you up and down and it's like, oh. You know the look I'm talking about? Where you, you know, you realise you're talking with someone and you're talking and, and you're kind of explaining something or, or whatever and then they just kind of stop and stare at you like, okay. And you know in that moment you've failed their expectations. And if you're anything like me, you start to spiral and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't live up to their expectations. What do they think of me? And you start just like overthinking everything and then everything comes be kind of foggy. You can't really think of anything else except for the fact that you haven't lived up to their expectations of you and everything's really foggy. And you're just like, nah. I thought of something in the shower this morning about this. We shouldn't get foggy. We should fog. F-O-G, focus on God. <laughs> See, I set the bar so low that that's not even that great, but it seems better than before. <laughs> Don't get foggy, just fog. I think we should say that all together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Don't get foggy, just fog. Yes, love that. Fog. Someone just said no. Oh, love you too, Sally. <laughs> Don't get foggy, just fog. Focus on God. Big capital letters, write it up somewhere on your wall. I don't know, F-O-G, focus on God. Because God's opinion of you, sorry, we need to prioritise God's opinion more than anybody else's. But sometimes it's our own expectations that we don't live up to. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And I would say the same thing. Don't get foggy. Just focus on God. So how to be free from other people's expectations? We need to prioritize on God. We need to focus on him. And then secondly, we need to do what God expects of us. So what does God expect of us? Is it that we should follow all the laws in the Old Testament? Make sure we follow them to a T. Have you ever read Leviticus? Super weird. Super weird laws. Does God expect us to follow all of those laws? Well, if that was the case, he never would have sent Jesus to save us from our sin and from ourselves. We don't have to follow all of these Old Testament laws. Jesus came in and had a new law for us. Because God knows we're not capable of following the law. And the Bible is full of example after example after example of people failing to, to follow the law. And God doesn't expect us 
to follow that. That's why he sent Jesus. There's nothing we can do that gets us into heaven. We can't, if we do everything right, it won't get us into heaven. Only by belief in God do we get into heaven. Only Jesus saves us. He is the way, not a way. He's Yahweh, but he's not a way. He's the way to get in to heaven and to get closer to God. So if God doesn't expect us to follow the law, what does he expect of us to do? There's two things, I think. First of all, he expects us to believe in him. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's nothing else. It's not if you act this certain way, if you do this certain thing, if you say Hail Mary ten times or whatever, it's not if you believe that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And next week, I'm really excited. We've got some baptisms happening. So we get to see some people that have made this decision and then are getting baptized to connect them with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So look out for that next week. Don't miss it. We're not saved because of our actions, but just because of our belief. And then Jesus does the rest, which is why it's important to focus on him because he's the one that saves us. And secondly how to be free is to live a life of love to love God and love others in Matthew 22 it's a conversation people are having with Jesus and they say to him teacher what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses and Jesus replied very simply you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind it's the first and greatest commandment and the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself the entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God, love others. That's what God wants us to do, is to love him and love the people he loves. Love others. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, do everything with love. God's expectations of us the first thing is to believe in him and the second to love God and love others. This one's bad. This next little thing I've got to help remember this. So I'm just prefacing. I was writing this PowerPoint late last night. Never a good idea. And I had these words up here. I was like, believe, love. And a song came into my head. Do you believe in life after love? You know that song? So I thought, let's change the lyrics to bear with me we should believe in love after god i heard some groans <laughs> i literally heard someone over here again just like oh oh that was nick this time cool 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 jesus loves you nick <laughs> we should believe in love after god because god loves us first so we should love i know that one's bad but i needed to say it because <laughs> i thought it was actually really funny <laughs> We need to believe in God and we need to love others and love him just like he loves us. See, once you prioritize God's opinion and his expectation, I think that you'll find you're meeting most people's expectations because you're doing everything with love. And it feels good to be loved. People love it when they feel loved. And when we're doing everything with love, all of our interactions, we're focusing on God, we're prioritizing what he thinks of us. So we're just loving other people. 
And that to me is so freeing because I don't have to worry about anything else. I can just be like, I'm just going to focus on God. I'm going to stay, not get foggy. I'm going to fog. <laughs> and I'm going to just, I'm just going to love people. I'm going to love God. And for me, it just kind of opens everything up to be like, you know what? I'm just going to try. The cool thing about God is that he loves you anyway. And sure, maybe there will be people that, and there probably definitely will be people that still expect you to do things in a certain way and may not be happy about how you're loving people. But that's why we need to strip off the weight of the expectations others have on us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So what happens if we feel as though we're not meeting God's expectations? What happens if we feel as though our love isn't enough or we feel like a failure? Here's the thing. When we focus on our failure... We're not focusing on God. When we focus on our failure and all the things we feel like we're not living up to, that's all we're going to see is the thing that we're focusing on. But when we focus on God, we will see him in our failure. And when we are at our weakest, God is at his strongest. God thrives in our failure. He's like, don't worry, I've got you. I love you. I'm here with you. Don't even worry. I've got, I've got you. He loves us. We need to focus on God because God is love. Read that in, in 1 John. He loves you no matter what. And he's going to keep loving you. Romans 8.38 says nothing can separate you from God's love. I had a teacher. It's like nothing. And he would be like, nothing means no thing. There's nothing. No things can separate you from God's love. Even if you feel like you're a failure, you're not because God loves you. And he is a forgiving God and a loving God. So that's how we deal with the expectations we have that others have on us. But how do we deal with the expectations we have on others? Because just like you felt as though others have had this expectation on you, I'm sure that others feel like you expect something of them. You know what, I've worked with kids for a very long time, so when I walk into a room full of kids and they're doing something silly but not like, not tell-off worthy, they all look at me and they expect that I'm going to tell them off. And I'm like, guys, I'm just here to like get my water bottle. <laughs> like they, they expect that I'm there to do something and, and that's not true. But they've, they've, they feel this expectation from me that, that I'm not trying to do. So I'm sure you have these expectations on others that they feel and maybe sometimes you actually do have an expectation of others. If we keep in mind that we need to love others, we need to free ourselves from the expectations that we have of the way others should act. We often expect too much from other people. We acknowledge that we aren't perfect, but then we expect others to be perfect. Isn't that messed up? But I do it, I do it all the time. It's not okay. Like it's okay if I mess up and God will forgive me and people should forgive me, but you, you should do the right thing. We need to treat others how we want to be treated. We need to not expect too much of others. There's this great verse, Micah 6, verse 8. And I encourage you to write this verse down somewhere in your home. It's probably better to write this down than fog. But write this verse somewhere down that you can see it. Because I, I love how simply it puts what we need to do. The Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right. Doing what is right is doing the opposite of wrong. And put very simply, sin is wrong. Sin is the opposite of what God wants us to do. And God wants us to do what is right. So do what is right. 
is what God requires. God requires us to love mercy, to be forgiving. Just like we want to be forgiven, we need to be forgiving. Notice how it said love mercy, not show mercy. We need to love showing mercy and forgiving. And we need to walk humbly with our God. Walking humbly with God to me looks like knowing I'm not perfect, but that God will help me to love him and to love others. It's not walking with God being like, I'm perfect, I'm amazing, and everybody else should be too. It's walking humbly and be like, God, I'm messed up. Please help me to love others who are messed up too. And we do all of this by focusing on God because we become like what we focus on. We need to ask God to help us. What has really helped me to realise that God loves the people around me um, is to, is to realise that God loves the people around me. <laughs> Even though they do the wrong thing, he loves me. And I know I don't deserve his love because I don't do the wrong thing sometimes. And he loves me anyway. And so he loves others too. If you struggle with people not living up to the expectations you have of them, ask God to help you to see them how he sees other people. Because when you see how God sees other people, often your expectations soften quite a lot. Because God's expectations of us are simple. We should believe and love after God. Okay. You know, there was this kid a few years ago who was coming to our kids' club. I'm not talking about your kid, don't worry. The parents are not here, the kid is not here, the kid's friends are not here, the kid's friends' parents are not here. Like, I'm not talking about your kid or any of your kid's friends, don't worry. But there was this kid who came to our kids' club a few years ago. And look, he was a lot of work. <laughs> he needed to have a leader on him one-on-one -on -one at all times because he just got overwhelmed very quickly with other kids and how he regulated himself incorrectly was to just be violent, either physically or verbally, to himself and to others. It was, it was a lot of work. One-on-one, -on -one, if you were with him, he was fine. He was great. But as soon as other kids got involved, he just kind of was unpredictable. And so we needed a leader to kind of be with him at all moments, just to kind of monitor the situation. And we've had many kids like this come to Kids Club and to Kids Life, and it's been fine. And what I've noticed is after a term or two, while us working with them, we get this relationship together, they actually end up being the best behaved kids in the room. The kids that you can trust to do like run an errand or look after something because they feel safe in this place. But this kid after like three terms was exactly the same. Nothing had changed. And I had expectations that he would be like these other kids and he would just kind of fit in eventually. And he wasn't, he wasn't meeting my expectations. And I started thinking, this is horrible, but I started thinking, if only he wouldn't come. I was like, if only he wouldn't come. I know this is horrible. I've asked for forgiveness. But I was like, if only he wouldn't come. It would make my job so much. Just for one week, we could just all breathe and relax. It got worse because then I prayed to God. You should pray to God when you have problems. But I prayed to God. And I was like, God, please just don't let him come. <laughs> really horrible. Like I said, I've asked for forgiveness. It's fine. But at the time, <laughs> that's, that's what I was feeling. I was like, God, please. I just don't want him to come. Horrible thing to think. Horrible thing to pray. I'm not perfect. God loves me anyway. And so I, I prayed that, kind of felt a bit bad, but not that bad because I obviously prayed that prayer. A couple of days later, I go to his school and I'm having an appointment with someone over there. And uh, as I'm walking towards the office, I see him run past me. He was like, oh, hey, Sarah, what are you doing at my school? I was like, hey, bud. Uh, I told him what I was doing. 
And then he's like, oh, I'm coming to Kids Life on Friday. On the outside, I was like, cool. On the inside, I was like, great. I was like, God, what are you doing? And he, I was like, oh, cool, but I'll see you there. And he walked away. And as he's walking, as he's walking away from me, God spoke to me in that moment. He spoke to me two words that I will never forget. Two words that completely broke me. He said to me, he's mine. And I was walking and I had to stop. Like I I couldn't move because God changed me in such a huge way. He's mine. I was thinking poorly about one of God's children. I was expecting way too much about, of, from one of God's children. I was forgetting that God had created him to be in his image. I was forgetting that God loved him. I was forgetting that Jesus died on the cross for him. I was forgetting that God put me in his life to tell him about Jesus. I was forgetting that his family situation sucked. He had a dad who hated him. He had a mom who was on all sorts of substances. He had his grandparents that, that kind of just were angry at him. I had forgotten his situation and I had forgotten that God loved him. And from that moment onwards, I was free from this expectation that I tend to have on other people to just act in a good way. Because God reminded me he's mine. It broke me. (laughs) For a few years, I couldn't even think about it without breaking down in tears. Because God like properly told me off in those two words. (laughs) But it changed me because now if someone starts bugging me, which happens a lot because I'm human, I remember they're a child of God. God loves them. Jesus died on the cross for them. Sometimes I think we have to realize that maybe there's people in our lives that, that give us grief, that frustrate us just so that we can show mercy and love to them so that we can shine God's light on them. We need to free ourselves of the expectation that other people should be perfect and act in a certain way and we need to see them as God's children instead. Because remember, we're not perfect either. If we are unfairly expecting others to act perfectly, that's on us. We need to free ourselves from the expectations that we have on others. You know, Micah 6.8 doesn't say, Do what is right, love mercy, walk humbly with your God and expect others to do the same. (laughs) It doesn't say that at all. It only says what we should do, which is to do what is right, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And walking humbly with God, it looks like knowing that you're not perfect, yet God loves you anyway. So we should do the same for others. And we need to free ourselves from these expectations we have of other people that they are perfect because they're not and neither are we. As we finish up today, I just want to recap on what we've talked about. You know, we sometimes we struggle with the expectations that others have of us. But what we need to do is to prioritize what God thinks of us. And to remember what God expects of us. And his expectations are simple. He wants us to believe in him and he wants us to love God and love others. And then when we're having these expectations on others, we need to ask God to help us to see others how he sees them. You know, focusing on God is a good way to get freedom from so many things because God is the one who helps us. 
So if you focus on your frustration, all you're going to see is your frustration. But if you focus on God, you'll see him in your frustration. And he is peace. He is good. He is freedom. I want to finish today with one Bible verse, which coincidentally Josh actually shared in our prayer meeting before the service today. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm speaking on. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is freedom. So it makes sense that if we want freedom from expectations and anything else that is weighing us down, we need to focus on God because he is freedom. And wherever he is, that's where we find freedom. So our focus should be on him so that we can get this freedom. And let me tell you, living free of expectations is far better than living with the weight of them. And I'm a testament to that. I've experienced what it's like to live under the expectations of others and feel like I'm failing. And I've experienced what it's like to live free of that. And I much prefer living free. Let me pray for you all. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are here with us and that nothing can separate us from your love. God, I thank you so much that you are freedom and that wherever we go, you are with us, providing us with that freedom. And so, Lord, I pray as we go on from this week, we remember that we need to focus on you, not focus on our frustrations, not focus on our failures, that we focus on you because you are our creator. You are the one who gives us life and love. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.